Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm Dave Homewood. The following recording was made during a telephone conversation between myself and Wing Commander Tom Horton, DSO, DFC and Bar, Pathfinder Force. Tom was an RNZF pilot during World War II, during which he flew the Ferry Battles, Bristol Blenheims, Douglas Bostons and the Haviland Mosquitoes. He then went on to a long career after the war, flying such aircraft as the Avro Shackleton and the Lockheed Neptune. Tom now lives in Virginia in the USA. Back in May 2012, Tom gave me a call and this recording was made. It was never originally intended to become an episode of the Wings of New Zealand show, but with such interesting content I asked Tom if he would allow it and he agreed. So let's get into it. I'll start back at the beginning. I believe you were born in Masterton, were you? That's right, Masterton on the uh, t- 29th of December, 1919. Right, OK. A- and you grew up in Masterton? Yep, yep. I grew up there and went to the Wairapa High School. Yeah. And then uh, went into a law office for a couple of years. OK. And then during that period, I joined the Civil Reserve pilots. Right, right, okay, okay. And uh, learnt to fly. And then, of course, when war came along, I said, oh, hell, this is marvellous. Now I can go and fly aeroplanes rather than sitting in a law office. (laughs) (laughs) So so, um, where where did you... you That's the way you think when you're 18 or 19 or something, rather. Yes, yeah, exactly. Where where did you actually learn to fly when you were in the Civil Reserve? Was was that at Wairarapa or...? Yes, at the the Wairarapa airfield. The Hood Aerodrome, as it was then. Right, it still is. It still is that. It still is. Yes. It? Yep. Yep. In fact, it's a very, very, very it's a very interesting me, place do now. Do they, by chance, still have some of their old the uh, Haviland moths? Uh, yeah. I think there, I think there's one or two flying in New Zealand um, around, but um, I I couldn't tell you where they are at the moment. Um, yeah. I, I, well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what. Z K A B E, Z K A C D, or Z K A D L. They were the three uh, aeroplanes I learned to fly on. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I think most of the moths from back in the uh, pre-war and wartime days. I don't. I don't think any of them are, um, are still around. But I'll check into it. Yeah. I doubt whether they are either. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Somebody probably bent them. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> One way or another. Yeah. Anyway, okay, get on. Let's get on. Okay. Um. So, um, you learnt to fly, and you and you get called up at the beginning of the war. Um, yeah. Where did you go when you were first called up? First of all, Lord, <laughs> I went to 
a training place uh, near Palmerston North. Then I went up to um, New Plymouth and did a bit of flying up there. Right. And then I went down to Blenheim uh, on and and flew Vickers Builder Beast. Ah, okay, okay. What what did you think uh, of those after the moths? They were big. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they were nice old things to fly, really and truly. Yeah. And um, I think we all kind of enjoyed life there. Right, right, okay. Uh, now that gets us to April or May 1940. Yep. And then I got on the, I think after final leave, got on the boat the end of April or the beginning of May, can't tell you exactly. Yep. On the Mataroa. Okay. And proceeded to England. Right, okay. Uh, it was a nice long trip. We enjoyed it. Um, we, we stopped off at Bermuda. Oh, stopped off at Panama. Stopped off in Bermuda. Yeah. And then from Bermuda we went up to Halifax, although we didn't pull into Halifax. Right. Uh, we joined up with a convoy out of Halifax and went over and landed at Avonmouth in England. Okay, yep, yep. Can remember that. Right. And then got a train to Uxbridge near London. Yeah. And got stuck there doing drill and this, that, and the other thing for. Oh, by the way, by that time I'd reached the exalted rank of sergeant pilot. Right, okay, yep, yep. And then from there I was posted to Benson yep. near Oxford yep. to learn to fly fairy battles. Ah, okay. Um, a very unprepossessing aeroplane. It was. It had the same engine as a hurricane, and it was about twice as heavy and half as fast. <laughs> uh, if you get what up. In, yeah, exactly, yep. And from Benson, I went over, I was posted over to Sydenham in Belfast. Oh, right, yep. Uh, doing anti-army, or army co-op exercises. Yeah. And and uh, anti-shipping patrols, right? Okay. Around Northern Ireland and back again, sort of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I guess it was quite important. I didn't sink any submarines or anything, but I guess it was. It it, it helped to keep the heads down. Right, right. And and is this still in the ferry battles, or had you moved on to another this type? This was still in the ferry battles. Okay. Yes. So at that stage, I guess the bat Battle of France would have been over. Um, you would have known... Oh, yes, because the squadron I was with, or at least the remnants of the squadron I was with, Yeah. Uh, it was 88 Squadron. Okay, yeah. And they had bailed out of... Um, 
out of France. Right. Having, uh, having been well and truly beaten up there. Yeah, okay. I, I guess there mustn't have been a um, particularly uh, good attitude towards the battle then, um, uh, towards the ferry battle after the Battle of France when, when it had failed so badly. Oh, well, I don't know. Look, in those days, you know, there wasn't much option. Right. There, there was an aeroplane, and you were told to get in it and go and do something. Right, right, yeah. And, and you didn't quibble about it. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. We're looking at it at, with hindsight rather than... Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yes. It, was, it was different then. Yes, yes. Um, I didn't know, for instance, that it was an awful damned aeroplane and <laughs> shouldn't have been flying, but there wasn't anything else. Right, right, okay. So, what was it like being uh, uh, stationed in Ireland at that time? Because I guess the Battle of Britain was going on at the time. Well, yes, but um, uh, Belfast was half half Catholic Irish and half Protestant Irish. Right. And you had to mind your P's and Q's uh, about who you were mixing with or talking to when you went into town because otherwise you might find yourself in the opposite camp, whichever the opposite camp was. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, there were half a dozen New Zealanders and we didn't know what the hell was going on there at all. Okay. Who were the other Kiwis with you? Um, Dave Metherill. Eric Cooper. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Can't remember his name. I think there were there were three or four of us anyway. Right, who right. All wound up on battles. Okay. So Dave Matherell and Eric Cooper were two of them. Right, right, okay. Uh, I always remember one evening after a few jugs we found that the boys had been digging up the, the main street in Belfast yeah. and left their gear, so we thought we'd dig it up too. <laughs> <laughs> a, bit, a bit of light amusement, you know. Yeah. Anyway, we finished up there and were sent off to a station called RF Swanton Morley in Norfolk. Right. Where we re-equipped with Blenheims. Okay, yep, yep. Uh, and we only stay, stayed at Swanton Morley for about a month or six weeks. And This is still with 88 Squadron. Yes, yep. Uh, and then we we moved to another station in Norfolk called Attlebridge. Right. And there we did mostly... Uh, anti-shipping patrols, although my first operation ever in the war, you know, when you were likely to get shot at, yeah. was a low-level raid on Rotterdam okay. in Holland. Okay. Uh, I, I was number 17 of 18. Oh. In the formation. Right. So almost tail end Charlie. I was tail end Charlie, yeah. basically, yes. Yeah. 
Then, uh, oh, what the devil happened? Oh, then uh, somebody got the, this. By this time, we were in December 41. Okay, yep. And I and my crew were told to ferry a Bledham out to Malta. Right. Uh, which was all absolutely spiffy. Uh, we didn't know that going out to Malta and, and taking part in shipping strikes in the Mediterranean was more or less a suicide mission. Nobody got around to telling us. <laughs> okay. Oh, the other chap, uh, other New Zealander who was with us was Russell Stewart. Oh, right. He was from, I think, the South Island. Right, okay. Uh, anyway, Russ had gone out uh, a couple of months before he was posted to Mo the Middle East, to, Mo to Malta. Yeah. And I was on the way out. Well, the only thing that happened on the trip out was that just as we were coming into land, now you've got to remember that uh, Gibraltar runway then was only about five or six hundred yards long. Right. And so the idea was you dragged in from north feet, dragging in on your props and, um, and full flap and everything else. Well, at that stage, the port propeller fell off. Oh. And this didn't, so I decided that rather than hit the concrete wall at the end of the runway, uh, I would ditch it in the sea, which I did. Okay. So anyway, having spent about six, no, about three weeks or a month in Gibraltar, uh, I was ferried off home in a, in a, um, um, oh, what was the big, big flying boat? Uh, Coastal Command. The Sunderland, was it? Sunderland, yes. Yep. Uh, got on. That's another story. Um, this was out there to carry the Commander-in-Chief Coastal Command back. Oh, right. To England. I don't know, he'd been out to Jib for an inspection or something. Well, they filled the bloody thing up with salt water in, instead of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so it, there was a bit of a delay while they took it to bits, cleaned it, cleaned it all out, and the old man got, got another one out to take him home. Right. Anyway, back I went to 88 Squadron in Norfolk, and we re-equipped with Douglas Boston's right. A-20. Yep. And did some more uh, anti-shipping strikes and circuses. Circus was a bunch of bombers, probably half a dozen, even 12, over France or the Low Country, uh, hopefully to get up some um, German fighters for fighter command yeah. to put some spitfires up and have a go at them. So you were the bait? We, we were the bait. Oh. And uh, this, this went all right. Uh, I, I got shot up by 190 once, but no particular trouble. And yeah. I was brought home by a, a, a Polish squadron who looked after me beautifully. Right. And then the, my tour finished, 
and so I was posted to teach people how to uh, make blind landings, standard beam approach sort of thing. Yep, yep. And I did that for a year. Um, and did did actually learn to fly very well on on instruments, funnily enough. Oh, okay. Uh, that was at uh, back at Attlebridge again. Right, right. In in Norfolk, then I was posted to one hundred five squadron at Marham in Norfolk. Yeah. And switching from daylight basically low-level ops, uh, changed to night high-level in the dear old Mosquito. Right, right. And first of all, we operated from Marham. Now, I got there, I think it was August, July, 43. My first trip in a Mosquito with... a a good chap, a good friend called Squadron Leader Channer. Mm -hmm. uh, he was sitting in the right side seat and had no controls whatsoever. And he told me what to do, so I did it. And when we got to about 20 feet in the air, the port engine quit, oh. blew up. Oh, no. And I always have felt sorry for poor old Pete Channer because he knew how to fly these things quite well. I didn't. Yeah. And there was nothing he could do except tell me what to do. <laughs> so anyway, we, we toddled around the circuit and landed and all was well. So then, that was, let me see, August 43, and I stayed with, with uh, 105 Squadron until um, April or May or June, no, I think later than that. Uh, September, October, forty-five. Right. Okay. I did. I did thirty trips in two group with eighty-eight squadron, and I did another eighty. They say eighty-one with um, eight Pathfinder group. Yeah. Uh, from first of all, Marham, and then from Bourne near Cambridge. Right. And in the meantime, if it's only a bit interest to you, I got married in December 43. Okay, yep. What else can I tell you? Well, um, just going back to the uh, the Blenheims, um, can you tell me a little bit about what they were like to fly, um, especially on these low-level ops? Well, they were a nice aeroplane to fly. Um, they weren't a very good aeroplane to go to war in because... I think their top speed was, uh, they said it was 220. Well, I never got one about a above about 180. And generally speaking, we wandered around the sky at about 160 or 170. Right, OK. While the 109s were pottering about at about 300, you know, right. 250, 300. Right, Wasn't right. good. Uh, no, I mean, they they were outdated. You know, yes, they yes. were a bit like the Stuka JO87. Yeah, they were fine if they didn't have any opposition. Right, right. Okay, uh, but they were not good against uh, 
first line enemy fighters. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right, yeah. What sort of bomb load were you carrying with the Blenheims? Thousand pounds, four two fifties. Oh, okay, okay. And so you were um, basically look, hunting for ships? Uh, ships, or um, as I said, being bait yeah. for 11 group fighters to, to try to shoot down some uh, some hand fighters. Right. And when you were uh, being the bait on these circus um, operations, were you also dropping bombs where you could? or, or were... Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, basically, in the Low Countries and, and Northern France. Right, okay, okay. Um, wh- what do you think was your scariest trip in the, in the Blenheim, um, uh, other than ditching at Malta? Uh, you know, actually on operations, what were the, the really dangerous ones that you went through? Oh, um, well, A, not that I knew it, yeah. but the, the trip to Rotterdam was. Right, yeah. Uh, and then that was when Huey Edwards, an Australian, Group Captain Edwards. Yeah. Know the name? I have heard of it, yeah. Okay. Well, he led the thing and got a BC out of it. Oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's clicks, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, I was a, a, a nice little sprog then, and I hadn't a clue what was going on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just did what I was told and, uh, to the best of my ability. Well, it just says something that if the leader gets a Victoria Cross, then it must have been a hell of a mission, so... Well, I suppose it was, uh, but... You know, looking back on it, Dave, I I feel that an awful lot of medals, I, I won't say they were undeserved, yeah. but I think they were politically motivated. Okay. Right. Far be it from me to say that the guys who got the guns didn't deserve them. No. That's not what I'm meaning. No, no, no. I mean that... A, you had to be damn lucky to survive. Right. That was the first thing. Yep. And then you probably had to be in the right place doing the right thing at the right time when, uh, uh, you know, somebody thought it would be a good idea to dish out a couple more gongs or something. Okay, I see what you mean, yes. Yeah. It, uh, I'm not trying to decry the efforts of the boys who got them at all. No. But, uh, um, well, you know, you couldn't give gongs to everybody, so yeah. you, you had to toss a coin and <laughs> somebody got them and somebody didn't. Right, right, I see, yeah. The um, uh, stepping up to the, the Boston must have been quite a, 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 a big, well, the, a big the, step, the, was it? Boston was a damn good aeroplane. Yeah. A much better deal than the Blenheim. I guess it was a faster, was it? Hmm? Was it faster? Yes, it was, uh, oh, I would say probably about half as fast again. Okay, okay. Not quite, but uh, getting that way, you know. Right, right. Uh, um, so that... And it was a very solid aeroplane. It, it, it took quite a lot of punishment. Oh, okay, right. Right. They must have given you a lot more confidence then once you got onto them. 
Oh, we thought they were wonderful. Yeah. Wizard things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nothing like my mosquito. Right. That was the greatest thing ever. It damn well was, you know. It was as good as... It was as fast as any fighter. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's a remarkable aircraft, that's for sure. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful... It was a beautiful aeroplane. Yeah. I'm sure that um, Deborah has told you, I, I mentioned to her that um, we've got a mosquito that's been restored here and it's going to fly uh, later this year. And then it'll yeah. be and then it'll be coming over to Virginia, so you could hopefully get to see it. Yeah. Um, where's it coming to in Virginia? Uh, Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. Yeah. Well, uh, when you get it here, or something like that, please give me a call, and I will drive down and renew my acquaintance with it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, do you have, um, uh, well, I mean, you're living in the USA, do you have many other Kiwis around there, or um, do you no, keep, do you keep no. in touch with anybody? No. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, th there, are, there are no New Zealanders here now that I know of. Right, right. Um, there are New Zealanders here, but I don't know them. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so the the mosquito, um, you were on a Pathfinder uh, squadron. Were, were you uh, dropping markers or bombs or both? Markers. Markers, okay. Oh, well, no, markers and bombs, yes. We dro I dropped a number of bombs right. just to, well, more or less be a nuisance. And okay. we wound up uh, carrying the 4,000-pound cookie. Right, okay. I don't forget the mosquito was designed to carry four... 250 pound bombs right yeah it then was slightly modified to carry two 500 pound bombs yep uh, there's, uh, I'm sorry four 250s then it was redesigned a bit to carry four 500 pounds bombs okay yep then they hung a couple on the wings so we had six 500 pound bombs then they modified it a bit more and crammed a cookie into the Bombay. Wow. And ultimately, I think I flew one with a cookie and two 500s hanging on the wind, wings. Wow, that's remarkable. So, you know, that was a 5,000 pound load instead of a 1,000 pound load. Wow, that's not amazing. Now, they had crammed in um, uh, a couple of bigger engines, you know, they started off at 1250, I think it was, 1250 horsepower, yep. and stepped it up to 1650 or something like that. Right, right. So, but she flew beautifully, whatever you hung on her. Yes, yes. And I guess you had um, fairly uh, technical radar, uh, navigation gear and radar gear, that sort of thing on. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, yes, I must tell you, we were what was called an oboe squadron. Ah, have you heard of oboe? I have, yes, yes. Yeah, well, uh, that limited our range from the UK because it was line of sight, so, line of sight radar. Yeah. So, um, it meant that 
we we couldn't get all that far um, beyond the Ruhr. Right. Because it was, um, uh, well, we got up to 36,000, but that was the best the old girl would do. Yeah, yeah. And that limited our range to about 250 or so miles from the from the ground station. Right, right. What was it like to fly up that high at 36,000? Was it um, sluggish up there or, or faster? No, or? it was just the same as flying, <laughs> flying at, at 3,600, really. Okay. Um, no, it, it was all right. The only problem was it was so damn cold. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. Now, you could, in the, in the Mark 16 mosquito, you could have heat or um, pre cockpit pressurization. Right. Well, the whole thing was we ch we chose to um, we chose heat. Right. It was more comfortable. Okay. Okay. Now the the one the mosquito I liked was the Mark Nine. Right. Uh, that was a beautiful aeroplane. Okay. Uh, it was it was more shall we say lively more uh, more lively than the sixteen because the sixteen had the uh, the enlarged Bombay for the cookie. Uh, yep, yep. And uh, it it wasn't quite as nice to fly. Right. Okay. But the Mark Nine was a delightful airplane. Okay. Um, did you ever do any uh, daytime stuff in the mosquitoes? Any daytime operations? Oh, uh, occasionally flying bomb stuff. Oh, right. Um, in the uh, in the. Uh, Northern France and uh, the Low Countries. Right. Okay. Uh, we took over. Uh, first of all, we marked for the heavies in yep. daytime, and then we did a few sorties, um, leading them. In other words, we'd have three or four, oh, no, half a dozen, I think, lengths yep. trailing along behind us, and we were almost on the stall, and they were flat out. You know, wow. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was the uh, only daylight stuff we did. Oh, a few marking trips um, around the invasion area. Okay. You know, yeah. Uh, after D-Day. Yeah. And uh, um, after D-Day, did the squadron move into Europe, or did you stay in Britain? No, 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 no. We stayed in a, in the UK, and right. uh, um, because. Our ground stations didn't permit us to go far enough. No, no. Uh, to to warrant uh, going into Europe. Right. So I, we stayed put. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Oh. And I think we we did well. The squadron did quite a few uh, marking operations uh, to help the army. You know. Yeah. Bombing tanks and this sort of thing. Okay. Um, I think I did one or two, and I, I did it. I, I came home in the morning of D-Day, and uh, I wondered what in the devil was going on. I've never seen so many airplanes. Probably never will.
see so many airplanes in the sky. They were all going out, and I was coming home. Right. And I said to my navigator, what the devil's going on? And he said, I don't know. Anyway, we came home, got debriefed, and uh, went to bed and woke up, went to the mess for lunch, and l learned that the uh, invasion was taking place. Wow. And it, that, it was that well-kept secret. Yeah. Well, that's we amazing. nothing about it. That's amazing. What was your target that morning? Oh, uh, um, I think it was the guns on the, on the coast that the Americans attacked. Oh, right. Um, Omaha. Yes. The guns yeah. above Omaha. I think it was. Okay. But I, that, that, that I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Because I was given a different name, or at least I was given a name, and that didn't ever appear. It may well have been that we bombed somewhere else as a decoy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Either way, um, you're still part of the invasion. Um, it would have all been part of the plan. the invasion, although I knew nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fascinating stuff. When you look back, what, what was the most satisfying trip or, or trips that you did um, in terms of targets? Oh, bombing the Ruhr. Right. Um, Essen, Dusseldorf, Cologne, um, you know, the big cities of the Ruhr. Right, right, okay. Uh, it was quite an extraordinary sight. From 30, 32,000 where we normally bombed from, you looked down and the whole damn place was on fire. Wow. It was quite extraordinary, really. As the marker, did you have to hang around for a while and, and remark, or...? No, no, no. We d dumped our four reds, red target indicators, yeah. and went home. Okay, yeah. Uh, then the heavies came in and dropped the greens either on our markers or uh, on our reds or somewhere else, you know, because they thought we'd dropped them in the wrong place. Right, right. Um, or they, you know, they lined it up a bit better for the, right, for I the see. main force. Yep. But there were the three, uh, there were the three, red, uh, three markers, colours. The reds that we dropped, the greens that the other that the heavy pathfinders dropped, yeah. and the yellows that they dropped to say "Don't bomb here." Ah, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, but no, uh, the river took a pasting, and we helped do it. Right, right, okay, and um. At the end of the war, uh, did, did you stay on in the RNZ Air Force? No, uh, what happened was I, I was sent out, or I went to a couple of odd stations in England and then went uh, out to the Middle East and to uh, Aden yeah. and then to Athens in Greece. Oh, okay. Got there just after their civil war, and it was a shambles. Yeah. I might tell you. Anyway, 
I took over 55 squadron for a couple of months there, or six months or something. Yeah. And uh, um, they were re-equipping from Boston's to Mosquitoes, but then some genius said, you'd better go back to England and, uh, and um, do uh, officers' advanced training school course. Right. Well, after I'd done that, I went down to um, New Zealand House and said, hey, how about going back to New Zealand? I'm sick of this. Yeah. Oh, they said, we'll get you on the boat. So they did. And I went back to New Zealand at the end of 46. Okay. Well, then one with, with my wife and a daughter. Right. Who was two years old or something then. Anyway, having sort of uh, looked around out there and saw, uh, endeavored to see what was going on and what was happening, I got a letter from the Air Ministry in London saying that uh, they had reconsidered and would grant my war service towards seniority. Was I still interested in a permanent commission? Oh, okay. And I said, yes, I was, and returned to England after being in New Zealand for about nine months, got back to England about a year after we left. Ah, right, right. And spent the next 20-odd years with the, uh, well, was I went back in 46, Yes, another 20 years in the RAF. Oh, okay. So what did you fly uh, after you got back into the RAF? Uh, of any operational interest, um, I, I did a little bit of training and that sort of thing on Shackleton's, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. And uh, we, I had, uh, oh, what the devil was the squadron number? Can't remember. It uh, anyway. We were flying Neptunes, the oh, P2V5. Right. Yep, yep. Okay. What were they like? A nice aircraft. They weren't very uh, uh, high performance, no. but they were a good aeroplane. They they'd fly over the damn sea for twenty hours. And uh, I suppose that was a good idea for a patrol aircraft. Yep, yep. Uh, no, they were good. They had the big right cyclone 3350 WA engine. Yeah. And it really was quite a quite an engine. Right. Okay. So was that uh, sort of the, the bulk of your career was on the Neptune then? Uh, uh, yes, yes, okay. uh, after the war. Yep. After, uh, uh, after that... Oh, I went to Staff College, I went to, I did a couple of tours at the Air Ministry, I went to Gibraltar on the staff, yeah. um, that sort of thing. And then I wound up here in the Pentagon ah. on the uh, um, uh, NATO staff, NATO staff of the, of the uh, on the staff of the NATO um, military committee. Right. Well, that's um, that's something rather interesting, isn't it? There can't have been many Kiwis in the Pentagon. There weren't. Yeah. I was. I was the one. I think. Okay. Okay. 
I did my two-year two-year uh, two stint in the Pentagon. Yep. And enjoyed it, funnily enough. Uh, you know, lots of people say, oh, my God, the Pentagon. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it because, look, we had an international staff, um, you know, Germans, uh, 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 Italians, Turks, Brits, um, Americans, yeah. even one New Zealander. Right. <laughs> So, um, I, no, it, it, it was quite good, and oh, frankly, it was a diplomatic thing, really. You, you know, we we spent half our time going to uh, NATO cocktail parties and things. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it was it was nothing to do with, with being in a, a a war machine. Right. Right. Okay. And that's it. Right. Um, just uh, just take you back to the war. Um, one other question that um, I meant to ask about the social life. How did you um, on squadron? How did you uh, sort of relax, um, but between ops, that sort of thing? Well, first of all, I was fortunate to be to spend most of my war in Norfolk and going to either Cambridge yeah. or Nor uh, Norwich. Oh, yep, yep. Both of which had good pubs. Right. <laughs> uh, and we'd drop into, um, uh, into Cambridge for, um, for a couple of beers in the evening or we'd go into Norwich earlier on uh, to the Castle Hotel Right. For a couple of beers. Yeah. I was there. I met my wife. No, it wasn't. I met my wife at a at a doctor's house. Uh, his wife um, took under her wing uh, a number of the colonial troops: the Canadians, the Australians, the New Zealanders, and right. that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, Oh, Lord, she had a party there probably every night. Okay. And uh, there I met my wife. and But it was 18, oh, a year, 18 months, year, I think, 18 months before we got, finally got married. Oh, okay. Right, right. And she uh, only, we were married for 68 years. She only died last, last uh, October. Oh, right. I'm sorry to hear that. You know that, but as far as recreational stuff, it was either going into Norwich or later on Cambridge, yep. or going down to London. Oh, I must tell you, I was in London one night and I walked into a hotel on the Strand and ran into three or four Kiwis. Right sitting around the bar, one of whom was Frank Hogg from Masterton. Anyway, um, I was staying at a, uh, what would you call it, or sort of officer's club or something or other, and um, Frank said to me, Look, I've got an extra bed in my room. Why don't you stay here instead of 
kind of wander all the way home because there was a bit of an air raid on and that sort of thing. I was, I said, oh, well, that's a good idea. Let's have another beer, you know, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, I went back in the morning and my all that was left of where my room was was a damn great hole. Oh, wow. Because a 2,000-pound bomb had hit it. Wow. And if I'd wandered off home to this place... I wouldn't be talking it to you today. No. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it's all a matter of luck. And I'll tell you something else. When we were in Sydenham in, Bel in Belfast, yep. um, the Jerry's came over and dropped some bombs one night. Well, one guy came up the road and he dropped six bombs. Right. Uh, one, two, three... And then uh, one, two, three, and four. Yeah. And each one was getting a bit closer, and I was a bit upset about this. Then he dropped number five, and then number six. Now, the only one that didn't go bang was number five, which was about six feet from where the hell I was standing. Wow. Oh. So you see what I mean when I say... War, uh, surviving a war is not a matter of um, skill, yeah. it's a matter of luck. Right, right. Because if that damn bomb had gone off, again I probably wouldn't have been talking to you. No, no, not at all. But it didn't. D did you ever tangle with night fighters when you were in the mosquitoes? Oh, no, but I'll tell you what happened one night in the Quite a bit towards the end of the war. Yeah. And we were, where the devil were we bombing? Oh, I don't know, somewhere in the river. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we thought we were pretty fireproof in the mosquito. Yeah. And nothing went as fast as we did. Well, we were running up on the target and suddenly out of the starboard window I said to my navigator what in the devil is that? It was a big flame going past about a hundred miles an hour faster than we were. Oh, right. And uh, he said, I don't know. So we went back and reported this. Nobody let on that they knew what it was. But what it was, was an ME-263. Oh, and he yep. was coming, uh, he'd been vectored onto us, obviously, and he was coming along, but he was going so fast he couldn't actually turn on to us and to get a shot at us. Right. Wow. He, he went past about, oh, I don't know, 50 yards, or maybe 100 yards. Uh, on our right wow. but uh, he, he obviously you know he'd been vectored on yeah. but he he couldn't actually get a sight on us right right so that, that was a um, the jet aircraft wasn't it eh? that was a jet aircraft that was a jet yes yeah. you see and this, this is what we couldn't understand we didn't know anything about this no and um, nobody told us they had jet fighters uh, and we, we didn't know what the devil it was. Wow. He never fired a shot or did anything. 
but that was the only encounter I had. But I'll tell you something else which you might find interesting. Yeah. We used to normally bomb from 32,000. Yeah. Um, occasionally 34, occasionally 28, but basically 32,000. Right. Now, I was hit on one run down on Cologne. I wasn't hit, the aeroplane was hit yeah. four times and we were over 10 tenths cloud at 32,000 feet and doing about 400 miles an hour. Wow. And they hit us four times. Talk about lucky now, shots. Well, it was damn good shooting, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, well, you know, those boys were good. Yeah. The, the flak gunners were really good. Right. And when they got a, a stray target all on its own, they really had a go. Yes, yeah. All right. Um... Did you ever... I mean, it didn't do any real damage. They were just splinters. Yes. Yeah. The big problem with them was they used to always miss ahead of you so that you could see it. Yeah. Uh, and we devised a, um, a set of blinds in the mosquito that we could put up so we didn't see the damned uh, <laughs> flak. Okay. And if you didn't see it, you didn't worry about it. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <coughs> did, All right? Yeah. Um, now, the, the, the last question I have is, um, yeah. did, did you ever uh, put any nose art or nicknames onto your aircraft? No. No. Okay. No. No, we did not. Right. Uh, they were just battle wagons, yeah. as we were concerned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fascinating now, stuff. mind you, in a mosquito at night, to be perfectly honest, we were pretty fireproof. Right, right. Uh, well, I mean, what was it, the squadron lost, ten, the 105 lost 10 or 15 aircraft, I think. Right. Over about three years, or whatever, um, 40, half of 47, half 45, uh, yeah, about three years. Right. No. Yeah, half, about three years, we lost about 10 or 15 aircraft. That, that's a pretty good rate when you look at the other bomber squadrons, isn't it? Oh, hell yes. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, Tour was thirty ops, and it was highly—it well, was highly unlikely yeah. that you made it through thirty. Yeah. So there you are. Yeah. Oh, fascinating stuff. Thank you very much for um, for talking to me today. It's been really, really interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, okay I, and, and I'll let you know what happens with the uh, mosquito yes, when it gets. Please let me know what happens to the mosquito because I want to go and sit in it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I certainly will. Okay. Okay, thanks very much, All Tom. Right. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. All I the, know. All the best.
That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.